Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davis. Father God, we ask you today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would teach us what your will is for our lives, Father. Lord, each one of us here today is going through something. Each one of us here today has something on our minds, on our hearts, right now that we can think of that makes us go, Lord, what do you want me to do? How am I supposed to handle this? So, Lord, right now, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you for your will. We ask you to reveal yourself to us today, Lord. We ask you for revelation and for edification, Lord, for strengthening, for sanctification, for truth to be revealed in us, Lord, and to us today, Father. It is your will, Father. It is your will that we would know you, Lord. And so we ask, Father, in our situations where we're at right now, Father, we ask what your will is for us to do, Lord. What is your will, Father? Speak to us today, Holy Spirit, in the precious name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Well, what is God's will? So, somebody is going through a terrible situation, and... You know, you ask him, well, what do you think God's trying to, what do you think God's saying in this situation? What do you think God's doing in this situation? Well, I don't know. Well, you know, what do you think, what do you think God is up to? What do you want? What do you want to see? Well, I just want to see God's will be done. Well, what is God's will? Well, you know, whatever he wants. So what's God's will? I mean, we have all these thoughts and theologies. We have stacks of books. We have seminary schools. We have all these things. But what about the average everyday person? What about the person that is just, that is just, the simple man who works with his hands. What about the simple mom who stays home and takes care of her child and does the things that, that God intended her to do? What is God's will for your life? Because not every one of us is going to be a millionaire. Not every one of us is going to live in big, rich mansions. Not every one of us is going to be the superstar on TV that the world tells us that we have to be. But God has a will and a plan and a purpose for every single person he created. I want to say that again. First, I want you to check your pulse. Is your heart beating? God created that. God thought of you in your mother's womb. God decided that he was going to spend time creating you. He thought about you. He spent time, he spent love, because he is love, and he decided that you would be born, and you would come into the world. And therefore, when he created you, he must have had something in mind. So what is it? And so, right now, we go through groanings, sufferings, we go through things, and we go, Lord... What's your will? What am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want this to happen? What do you want What do you want to come out of this, Lord? Because I don't know what to do. Well, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You're in a perfect place right now because God is about to tell you 
in His Word, through His Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, what His will is for your life and mine. I'm in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And the Apostle Paul's writing, he said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Listen to what he says. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Glory being revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Well, what did Jesus say? He said, those that believe in him... In the book of John, chapter 1, they would be given the right to be sons and daughters, children of God. And Jesus said, those who do the will of my Father, they are my mother and my brothers, my sisters. But it continues on in verse 22. It says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Are you groaning right now? Are you going through a hard time? Do you not like your job? Do you not like your car? Are you, are you dissatisfied with your home situation? All of creation is groaning, it says. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. What's God's will? What's God's will? What are we waiting for? In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings, with words that cannot be expressed. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit of God intercedes for us, the saints, in accordance with God's will. The Apostle Paul writes this, and then he says in verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. What does he say? The Spirit is interceding on behalf of the Father, on behalf of the believers, back to the Father, the Father back to us. The Spirit is going back and forth to the Father on our behalf, for those God foreknew, he also pre predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave his son up for us all, how will he will not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? So what is God's will? It says the Spirit intercedes for us in our weaknesses in accordance with the will of God. And God's will is for us to be conformed to the image of Christ. God's will is for us to be conformed to the image of Christ. So when somebody says, well, 
what is God's will, or I just want God's will to be done. Brothers and sisters, whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're going through, it's a process of conforming you to the image of Christ. You say, I, I, I just can't get that. I, I don't, I don't, I just can't even believe that this would happen. Well, stop saying that you can't believe and start believing the Word of God. The Spirit, creation, is groaning. Are you groaning? It says that you're groaning, and the groaning that you have is because the Spirit is speaking on behalf of the Father so that the manifest presence of the children of God would be fully come to the image of Jesus Christ on earth. Why? Well, let's listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 49. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 49 says this, And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. He said, listen, I, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in the flash and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trump will sound. The dead in Christ will rise imperishable, and we will all be changed. Listen. We are being conformed to the image of Christ. And 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says this. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into the likeness with every increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Listen. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, you should be set apart, you should be conformed to the image of Christ. The whole point of everything, the whole point of all of this, the whole point is because God is trying to bring you into who he already says you are by allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you and call you. It's not that God himself is sitting there waiting for you to get it all together. It's already bought and paid for. He's just waiting for you to believe it. He wants you to believe that it is his will for you to be conformed to the image of Christ and that you would represent Christ on earth. The word for image in the Greek is icon. You know what an icon is? It's a representation. It's a sign. It says this, it's a sign whose form suggests its meaning. It's from a root word in the Greek, which means a copy. You're being conformed to a copy of Jesus Christ on earth. It says that Jesus is going to have many brothers and sisters, that he's the firstborn, the firstfruits of the resurrection of the dead. First, meaning that he's the first of many, meaning there are going to be more, which is who you and I are if we are believers and followers and are born again. Listen, the definition in Hebrew for image is a representative figure. A representative figure. Let's go back to the Old Testament for a minute so that you can understand your destiny. Israel was told time and time again not to make any graven images. Exodus chapter 20 verse 4, Leviticus chapter 26 verse 1. They were called to project to the world the image of God by the law. What God likes, what God dislikes. Israel was called apart, set apart, sanctified, 
holy to the Lord. God said, listen, I'm going to give you my commandments. I'm going to give you my decrees. I'm going to give you my laws. You're going to live these out and the world is going to look upon you. You're going to be the light on a hill. You're going to be this, this city, this group, this holy priesthood, this nation of people who are going to represent me on earth. You're going to be my representation on earth, Israel. You're going to be the ones who I'm going to set up in the temple. You're going to be the ones who are going to be my priests, the ones I choose to show the world my glory. You are going to be my image on earth. Do not set up any other image. Don't set up any other image because you are to be the image, my image on earth. You're to represent me. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 says that what? The law, the Torah, the commandments that God gave Israel were what? A shadow of things to come. What things were to come? Listen, let me show you something. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 says that man was originally made in the image of God. What man originally perfectly was a perfect unblemished image of God on earth in the beginning in creation. But in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 through 10, it re- records a fall that took place. When Adam and Eve decided to eat from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, what they decided to do was they decided to say that, listen, I'm going to rebel against God. Sin comes into the world. Evil comes into the world. Evil comes into man. Man gets cursed. Now listen, God's not cursed. How do you represent somebody who is not cursed when you're cursed? How can you represent somebody who is not evil when you're evil? How can you represent and be an image of somebody who has no sin when you have sin? You see, man was made in the image of God, but when man sinned, man now reflects the image of a sinful nature. They no longer perfectly reflect the image of God. And so God called Israel aside to himself and said, Now you, Israel, you will be the patterns and the pictures of what is to come because I'm going to redeem my creation and put them back into the state which I originally created them for, which is for glory and to be my representative figures on earth. Only a perfect man can present the image of God, a perfect God. Only a perfect man can present the image of God. We have so many people running around in the church saying that everybody is made in the image of God. Yes, you are created in God's likeness, but unless you're born again, you cannot be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the perfect. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. What was he saying? I represent my father and I represent him well because the father says, this is my my son, in whom I am well pleased. But if you're not born again, and you don't know God's will, you don't know that you're a son. You don't know that you're a daughter. You don't know that you have access to be somebody whom God says, I am well pleased. Jesus said in John fourteen seven, if you know me, you will know my father as well. In John fourteen nine, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. John chapter 5 verse 19, I only do what I see my father doing. A sinful man cannot represent a holy God unless the sinful man has his sins removed. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. You see, Jesus didn't die to cover sins. He died to remove them. He died to remove them. The law, the rituals, the sacrifices, everything done in the temple, all that was was a covering. It never removed the guilt inside of the Israelites. It never removed inside of them when they went before the Father. The Lord would, would, they would sacrifice on the altar. 
But the sacrifice on the altar was only a covering for their sins so that God would not destroy them. It never dealt with the inward man. The sins, the sacrifices for the sins never dealt with the heart. It never dealt with the inward man. And unless the man come before God in a repentant state and asking for, for forgiveness, you see, it didn't cleanse the conscience of what the person had done. But see, in Christ, Christ takes our sins upon himself and he bears them on the cross. And he removes our sinful state and our sinful nature. And he puts us into a new creation, being born and being raised in his image, which is the perfect reflection of the Father, which is whom we're called to be. Israel was the representation of God by the law, but the church is the representation of God by God's Holy Spirit. And 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us this. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Get this. We are therefore ambassadors. If we as a nation send an ambassador to a foreign country, okay, let's say that our our ambassador goes to a foreign country. If that ambassador shows up in that country and then gets caught with, let's say, somebody who, let's say a prostitute, let's say he gets caught drinking, let's say he gets caught doing things that he should not be doing, that whole country that he went to visit now thinks that the country he represents is completely like that. Hear me now. An ambassador is one who is a representation for an entire people, an entire group. And whatever that person does is a reflection of the rest of the group. Get this. You are a born-again follower of Jesus Christ. You are called to be a representative of Jesus Christ every single place you go. And when you go and you do and you be and you have your being through the power of the Holy Spirit, people should see Christ when you are doing. People should see Christ when you are breathing. People should hear Christ when you are speaking. People should see the manifest presence of God's joy and steadfastness and his authority over your life as you're going through turmoil and things. It is God's will that you should be conformed to the image of Christ. When Christ was on the boat and they were going across the Sea of Galilee and all of the storms were raging and all of the seas were bucking and all of the people were trembling and freaking out. What happened? Jesus was in the bottom of the boat. He was relaxing. He was sleeping. Why? Because Jesus knew his father's authority and Jesus rested in God. You see, scripture tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit is the one who groans on our behalf. It is God's will for you every day, all day long, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, while you're sleeping. It is God's will that you would be an ambassador for Christ, that the Holy Spirit would work inside of you on a constant basis to conform you to Jesus's image because he's the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. That means if you're born again, if you've accepted his salvation, that means that you are now a child of God and children are to be a representative of their parents. And Jesus said, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Can you say that today in your situation that you're going through? Can you say, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Do people around you know who your father is? Do people around you know that you're, who your savior is? Or are you wearing the badge of Christianity and yet have no power? And yet are not being conformed to what you were destined for? You see, when we get saved, we get to reflect God. We get to be conformed to the image of Christ. We get to be ambassadors. We get all of this, all these benefits, totally free of charge. And don't get me wrong, it came with a price. But Jesus paid that price. But he also said, freely you have received, now freely give. Give of what? Give your Father to others who are orphans in this world. Give a heavenly father to those who have no father. Give a heavenly father to those who need to see Jesus. What about your neighbors? What about your family members? What about your nephews? What about your nieces? What about your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents? You know, what if, what if you're young? What if you're, you know, scripture tells us not to look down on, on somebody because of their youth. What about your, what about the people you go to school with? What about your teachers? What about your congressman? What about your mayor? What about your city? What about the person that you see every morning at the grocery store or at one of the local businesses where you get your coffee? They need to see your father as well. And God wants you and he wants to use you. It's his will and his good pleasure to use you to represent him to a lost and dying world. You see, we are the body of Christ. A body is living. A body moves and breathes and has its being, and it says that Jesus is the head. Listen, I just want you to ponder this, that you've been designed, you've been created, you've been predestined, you've been ordained to reflect the glory of God. And nobody, no other people on earth can say that. No other religion, no other rituals, no other routines. Only through the blood of Jesus can men and women be saved and become right with the Father. Only through Jesus Christ and Him and Him crucified. Only through being born again can you enter the kingdom. And only through being born again do you get the pleasure of representing God. It's an honor to represent your father in heaven and say, that's my dad. That's my Abba, father. Abba, Abba is the most intimate 
word. It is it is beyond father. It's daddy. Would you call him daddy? Would you would you want to represent your father today? Do you want to know what it's like to be the representative of a king? And to be a son or daughter of a king in this world? So just pray with me. Father God, I know it is your will now, Lord, based on your word. I know it is your will that I would be conformed to your image. I know it is your will that I would magnify your name. I know it is your will that I would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, the perfect one. Jesus said, be therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's a command, Father, and I know that you would not tell me to do something that is not possible. So, Lord, conform me to your image. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I want to be born again. And if you are born again, tell your Father how much you love him and you just just want to represent him. Lord, Father, help me represent you. Lord, Holy Spirit, continue to groan and speak to me. Show me right now what needs to be changed. Show me right now where I am not doing this and conform me to the image, Father. Lord, I love you and I thank you that you're a perfect and loving daddy. I thank you that you're holy and just and true. I thank you that you're loving and merciful every day. And I thank you for continuing to bring me from glory to glory to glory. We love you this day, Father. We praise you and thank you that you would do all of this for us because you first loved us. And now we get to love you in return. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davidson. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.